0: speak for Africa but in Uganda in general we we have skepticism we always assume that things are just seen on the internet and when you try to explain a concept and you show it to someone in a picture let's say for something that has been done in a different area they look at it as something that is out of context for for let's say Uganda or else they they, you know they, they they use the word impossible which i don't understand
1: From the Innovation Village, this is episode 28 of my Village Podcast, produced through the Next Wave program under the Young Africa Works Strategy in partnership with the MasterCard Foundation. And I'm your host, Pauline Achano-Wing. On today's program, Prosper Biamungu, the team lead at Brown Street Design and a partner at Travoneza, a tours and travels company, talks to me how building and design is different from architecture, and how he and his team at Brown Street have reimagined and are reshaping urban design and construction. Prosper, I am happy to have you on my village podcast. First, I am going to ask you to introduce yourself to our listeners. Who is Prosper?
0: That's a very difficult question. And I don't know how people answer that, but someone cannot be one thing. You yeah, have a million different things, but, uh, well, Prosper is uh, he's a father, uh, he's a son, and he's, uh, um, he's a patriot.
1: A patriot?
0: <laughs> yeah, he believes in his country.
1: Okay. Prosper, I understand you are a building designer, or should I say an architect? Let's start with specifics of what you do. How would you describe the kind of work you do?
0: You should define that as a design builder. Architecture is limited. Why design building is because ideally there's a very big gap in this country. And that gap comes from uh, the fact that we, we don't align very well, especially since we are in a country where new things are happening every day. And we are stuck in old ways. So the idea was always to bridge that gap, at least on my side, in terms of uh, design and uh, construction.
1: Okay, so you combine design and construction. Design building, just like architecture, is broad. What kind of design builder would you say you are in terms of your approach, style, and technique?
0: I'm more interested in uh, sustainable uh, built environments.
1: In simple terms, what does that exactly mean?
0: And the fact is that uh, we can't separate ourselves from our environment. And because of that, uh, we can't look at, at architecture as just buildings. We can't look at design and, and, and construction as just a set of buildings uh, that sit in a landscape. They have to merge the two. So Um, What we were looking at as uh, why I built a company that I built was uh, for us to try and do things sustainably, meaning that we can um, look at certain things like urban regeneration, ideally because we have already built all these urban spaces, but then as time catches up with us, we tend to lose the plot. Whatever was built for a certain time period doesn't work anymore. So then, what happens? Do we just get rid of old buildings and then start over? It's also part of our, you know, our, our heritage, our cultural heritage, and uh, our history. So we can't just go getting rid of everything and starting afresh every single time. Um, so Urban regeneration goes with urban renewal, basically using what is already existing and then. Um, you know, turning it into something better or something usable. So basically it's like changing news. If you look at Motive, Motive was a series of warehouses. Warehouses are meant to be storage units. But because uh, more and more of these spaces are getting defunct, more industrial areas are being built, and more of these places are staying empty, they get dilapidated, they get old, they become an, an ISO for the city. So the proposal was always to make it uh, to change use, to do a change and, use uh, and fit in uh, some new and give it new life. Huh? And so that is what I'm talking about when I say urban regeneration and urban renewal. That's on a large scale. On a smaller scale, we're interested in uh, things that are recyclable. I believe in recycling so much in terms of we have already destroyed the environment You know, enough. So we might as well uh, take a step back and start reusing all the things that we have created to reduce on our carbon footprint, to you know, fix part of the problem that we have caused. I'm more interested in in, in serving the environment than anything else by reducing the amount of, of damage we are doing to it through our building and and and, and construction.
1: Prosper, I love what you did with Motive turning a container into a huge office. It definitely has a unique look and feel when I compare to most workspaces I have been to. Most construction in Uganda, especially urban areas, is done with traditional building materials, sand, cement, stone, brick, and timber. What has been the response to your regeneration and recycling approach to building?
0: Interestingly, people have picked, uh, I think, People have picked interest in what we are doing, and they are being more receptive to to these kind of ideas. I think, in general, people have already seen it being done all over the world. But um, in Uganda, and I don't know, I can't speak for Africa, but in Uganda in general, we we have skepticism, and because of that, we took the risk of making sure that then they can actually see these things in action by being the ones investing in, in, in the initial stages and now um when you look at all the projects that we have done with this innovation village in tinder the original concept was done with pallets pallets which are always you know used for con- in, in shipping containers to bring in goods always thrown away um but we turned them into a trend Beyond that, um, another project I can mention at the moment is uh, well, two projects. One of them being Motive, where we massively used containers and uh, and pallet furniture, mm-hmm. and also pallets for for timber flooring. We uh, would both keep costs moderate, and uh, also to give a unique look and to give good life to some of these things. We keep to our principles because we believe in them. The third, which is an upcoming project that I can share, is uh, container hotels. The idea has been to get shipping containers and then build rooms out of them. That's a project that we're starting on at the moment. And uh, this is in uh, conjunction with, we're working with um, Amos Wakesa. Sustainability goes deeper than just choosing a certain type of material. So understanding and uh, it's re- it's it's upskilling people who have been used to a certain way of thinking and uh, giving them more ideas on what is possible so they are more open-minded to 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 ideas that they have never actually worked with. So this has been actually very good for us because we always you know upgrading carpenters, builders and welders and all these guys who on their own side will say this is impossible until the guy does it and, you know, they're proud of themselves and they're happy. They they are more open-minded to new ideas. When you tell them to do something else, you don't meet resistance. You just meet more curiosity this time. So I think it's been a good learning curve for many.
1: Prosper, I am curious. How did your collaboration with Motive come about? Well, I
0: have worked with... uh, Innovation Village, from the onset, we, we, we basically started together uh, with uh, CK. He told me an idea at the beginning and said, I would like to, you know, bring it to life. The idea was not just about space. It was always about the people, like I said. It's always about the, t- the lives you're going to touch. Uh, but um, my expression of that was through space. And because now space is what people use to to sit down and then talk to each other, share ideas. Before anything else, space facilitates conversations. It facilitates um, ideation. It also makes people feel a certain way psychologically. Uh, it gives them the drive to work, to work better, to work harder, to you know, uh, to look forward to 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 new de, to new developments. So once he told me the idea for Innovation Village, which was always to help the uh, different startups, I was a startup at that point as well, I bought into the idea. I said, um yeah, this is something that we can work on together. And we've been doing that ever since, uh, because ideally you have to be ahead, you have to be you have to be the one to set the pace. So in order to set the pace, you start by understanding who is going to work in these spaces and why. And because they're so different, we did not want this to look like uh, just a tech hub because that's what most of these places turned out to be. Most people always assumed that they're they're they are just tech hubs. And then um, mo- many other people are left out in that case. Finally, you know, guys who are into... Web development and apps and things like that are the ones who do these spaces. And yet, we have creatives in every single category that you can think about, from dance and drama to artwork to, you know, to to music to media. There's just so many, so many of these guys. So that is where all of this uh, stemmed from.
1: I love the fact that you center people in your work. Many times you enter a space, especially rentals, and you wonder if the owner paused and considered the needs of his tenants. Coming up after the break.
0: Yeah, we, we have an interesting public transport system. But it, has to, it will have to be revised in this case in, in order for it to fit within the new context of things that we are doing. We can't always do lock down. We can't say that taxis will have to be kicked off the, 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 the streets. We're just going to have to redesign around that. How do people then move? Um, when you look at the bigger picture, this the city in general has not been designed properly for, for, for motorists.
1: Are you looking for a platform that connects an ecosystem of entrepreneurs, startups, investors and talent? Sign up on myvillage.africa to grow your network, exchange ideas and access work opportunities across Africa. We are back. You're listening to my village podcast. And with me today is Prosper Biamungu, a design builder. Prosper, what is the architect and design landscape like in uganda
0: i think people are getting more and open more and more open to to new ideas and because of that they are experimenting there's a a very big um, experimentation culture going on at the moment where people are even more receptive to ideas partly because the internet has opened up a lot a lot of people's minds, and also exposure beyond just something you see on the internet. More and more people have traveled and and, and seen what other people are doing. You also have to understand that um, whatever we may think, the economy has actually grown. People have more access to money, they have more access to resources, and they have more time on their hands to, to, to ideas with others. So that is a very big factor in in, in what's what's happening on the, on, on the architectural landscape of this country. Yeah, so it's an open play field, I would say, with open goals.
1: The architectural space has been accused of elitism. It is said only a few Ugandans can afford hiring one. This has resulted in shoddy work, and we have seen buildings, especially commercial buildings, collapse. What are your thoughts on this?
0: I think that people need to be educated. I think people call things expensive before, before they have the, the, the information, the right information. They don't have the right information. When someone is doing um, architectural plans and drawings and, you know, a setup, an architectural setup for you, it is not just a set of drawings, you know? So, sadly, that. Architects and, and and designers in general, and this cuts across many many fields, including web design, including um, you know um, graphics design, creativity in general, even art itself. It is undervalued in this country. The strange thing is that people value uh, they value products more. So let's say someone is willing to pay for all the materials that go onto a site is willing to pay the engineers for the building works but they are not willing to pay the architect for 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 the work and ideas that they are putting in and yet without the ideas and the plan none of this other stuff is, is 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 you know is viable and that is why you see people building and spending so much money breaking and changing and when if you had hired an architect in the first place you wouldn't be having these problems in fact His job is to save you from all of that. Once he gives you a plan, the plan is not a drawing. The plan is even how to execute. Uh, It's it's how to to manage costs. It's how how to to deliver quality. So all of these are the traits of, of architects and designers that are being ignored. You understand? So I think that is actually what happens. The fact that they undermine so much. And yet we are delivering a service that is very, very crucial. A lot of things go through the cracks. Yeah, but it's not elitist. It's actually never been really elitist apart from a few people who, you know, who tend to to, 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 to have God complexes. In general, it's supposed to be a very social profession. Yeah, it's supposed to be about the people.
1: Prosper, what challenges do you face and how can young people getting into the industry navigate them?
0: One of the challenges is uh, convincing people that an idea is is, is worth investing in. People in general are very careful in what they invest in and because of that uh, they tend to be slow on the uptake when an idea comes up and it has to be put up but infrastructure is a very important need i would say for development and infrastructure being roads buildings um, electricity and the rest utilities all of these they have to be in sync in order for things to work out. Um, you know, easily. So the challenge is that all of these things are not they're, they're at the moment. They, they there's a there's a very big problem there. Yeah, the fact that that, that um, people are not willing to to invest in the right kind of infrastructure to to facilitate uh, what we do. And that's the first one. The second one is um, I wouldn't call it ignorance. I'll call it uh, limited information. There's limited information for people to make decisions on how they are to invest both their time and money. So that is something to look into as well. How do we uh, disseminate more information? So part of what I've been doing is um, having like a media team internally that then documents almost everything that we do. So as people can see the process uh The third challenge is that um, I would say people are lazy in general. They, most people, just want to to work just enough to get something to get by. Yeah. So you will find that a lot of workmen, because they are undervalued, they also don't put in as much work, and that's what the, the laziness. It's not that they don't be hardworking that it's it's a it's an effect that comes from you know how they are being treated, and that leads to the fourth problem. The fourth problem being that there are classes of people that are looked down upon in this country, and one of those classes is is the working class in terms of um, skilled labor, builders, carpenters, welders, um, you know people who use their hands, cleaners, plumbers, electricians. So people who are not white collar job people are looked down upon in this country. And also it has been, it's a, it's a culture, it's a very bad culture that we need to break. So what's happening is that because they are looked down upon, even technical schools are not looked at as as as, as, as important as they should be looked at. They're not given as they're supposed to. That said, you'll find that technical schools are basically looked at as places where they are going to you're going to send a person because they failed in, 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 in either high school or high school. so it's it's looked at as a place for failures. That's the first thing. The second thing is that it's looked at as a place where because you couldn't afford the university, that's where you're sent. The third thing is that most people choose it as as the as last option, as the last last option than looking at it as a career option that is uh, that, that is um, very you know respectable. That's a culture that we have created and that's a, that's a culture that we really really need to break because all countries that you can think about which are developed. These are very respectable jobs in terms of handymen and people who actually can do this kind of stuff are paid very very well.
1: So, what role do you think young architects and design builders can play in remodeling the country?
0: We need to look at urban planning as a very very serious and critical thing and then fit within that that plan because once you do that then you have organization and if you have organization then it is easy to to control to to have controls uh, that then help the people to to uh, to build themselves better to build in a it gives you a better way of building um, businesses. That's the first thing. And the second thing is that they need to stop thinking that things are put on a silver platter and they they happen overnight. Nothing happens overnight. Other countries which we look at and we try to compare ourselves to, these are guys who have hundreds of years. So in order for that change to happen, people have to open their minds to the fact that it will, t- it will take time and it might not even be in your lifetime. It will be in someone else's lifetime. So set the, the you know, set the launchpad for the next generation. If you're not able to achieve something this generation, at least make sure that like, the, the, the person who comes after you uh, does a better job because they have the the, the, the the resources and the capacity and also the foundation to, to do it. And uh, yeah, the, the, the need for for... For them to build a working culture that allows them to, for lack of a better word, prosper in their industries.
1: Also prosper, in, in what ways do you see COVID changing architect and design? So I think uh, to answer your question on, on
0: how COVID is going to affect this industry, it already started doing that. We need more open spaces. We need more urban parks people can actually walk and and, and 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 have the freedom to 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 have distance between them and enjoy nature without having to to be you know pushed just into these gated communities and 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 uh, sometimes ghettos we need to understand that um that urban public spaces are very important we need to understand that um things like working from home, are important now. They always have been important. That's why some people have home offices. But when you think about it, the way we have been setting up things, you know, apartments and and, and buildings, we never designed working spaces inside homes because we assume that we have to go to a different place of work. That is something that has to change. And also, the design and, and, and use of small spaces is becoming very, very important. Small spaces, meaning that not everyone can afford a house that is four bedrooms, three bedrooms, and a, an office, and I don't know whatever else. Most people can only afford a two-room house, maybe or uh, apartment like a one, uh, like a one-bedroom apartment, or even sometimes a studio apartment. So then, how do you design around that? Also, we have to understand that product design is very, it's going to be very important. Product design and 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 technology around. Um, around work how do you then protect yourself we can't have well we probably can have masks for a very very long time until it goes away but we have to look at uh, you know uh ppe very very seriously now the personal protective uh, equipment the other thing i see in the future of this is, is insurance people have to start taking insurance very seriously because anything can happen and the transport system you know the transport system changing very very radically we have an interesting public transport system but it has to it will have to be revised in this case in in order for it to fit within the new context of things that we are doing we can't always do lock down we can't say that taxis will have to be kicked off the, 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 the streets we're just going to have to redesign around that how do people then move? um when you look at the bigger picture this the city in general has not been designed properly for 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 motorists motorists being guys on motorcycles and and, and I'm not talking about I'm not talking about cars the city has been designed for cars rather than pedestrians and 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 and, and, and vehicles on two wheels which is bicycles and bikes we will have to start looking at that very carefully because people if we can become a walking city because a lot of people actually walk to work if uh, bikes and 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 bicycles are considered more we would have less accidents on these roads in terms of uh, what's what's so that, this has to be designed in, even in, in the frontages of, of of buildings and you know they have to be redesigned in such a way that they allow people to walk very easily you know yeah
1: prosper what's your dream project
0: interestingly i i, I like Looking at how do I put it? I like looking at things both in the micro and the macro. The micro being the very small, tiny details, which is chairs, tables, ergonomics. Those things interest me. How people use small things and gift packs and and, and you know. Uh, but then the major point of, the major picture is always looking at um, at, at, at the, the larger you know the larger picture of what's going to happen. So I'm looking at tourism in general. We're doing a series of safari lodges and things within the hospitality industry. How do we then boost tourism, using the skills we have? That's one of the major projects I'm working on right now. I'm a partner in uh, Travel Neza. It's uh, yeah, it a tours and travel company that's going to have a, that. That basically has a managing wing as well. So we'll be managing a couple of uh, safari lodges as well while we build them. So my imagination has been um, design, build, manage.
1: You sit at motive, a co-working space. Do you see this being embraced by other workspaces?
0: I think it's uh, one of the reasons that I even bought into the project was that we, we, it was because I could see that, that that creatives needed they needed each other. but the way creatives work in general is that they are very lone wolves. They, they 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 think that they can only work by themselves. That is when they can get the best results, which is an artist's complex and and, and a creatives complex. We forget that working as 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 teams yields better results because the ideas get better and better. Whatever idea you think you have, someone can make it better. I think that that that's um, that's 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 why motive is best place to to make things like this work. It is. A space where if you're creative and you're sitting in here and you're watching your friend move ten steps forward, then they can teach you a thing or two beyond just skill. They can teach you how they make deals. They can teach you how they sustain projects. They can teach you how they market, how they keep their brand, how they they, they promote their brand, how they um, you know do quality control. It's the best. Way
1: to it. any collaborations you're working on with motive or the innovation village
0: no definitely we've done all the innovation villages together and it's still ongoing we are still working on that but then some of these projects now the bounce back on all of this is the fact that a lot of the projects that we are coming in that are much bigger because we built motive as a as, 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 as a foundation then we are going to collaborate on building some of these projects together as well um, like I mentioned, some of these safari lodges are coming right through with Motive, with our workshops, with our uh, fashion district. Everything is, legit. if it becomes self contained and, and, and done internally, then you're not only saving cost, but then you can guarantee the, the quality that's going to come out of it because you you, you, you are controlling the process. Beyond that, even internally within Motive, we are working with some of these communities to do uh, new things. I mentioned documenting. So we are working with uh, Creatures and uh, Vodou Art Society, then uh, a couple of people from uh, the Motive Media team. to set a show, a design and build show, where we then follow some of the projects and then and, 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 and document them. And then it's, it's basically a TV show. Yeah. So we are, open, we are trying to open all of this up to all the labs that we have. Yeah. So there's, there's always things moving.
1: Thank you very much, Prosper. From the Innovation Village, this is my village podcast produced through the Next Wave program under the Young Africa Works Strategy in partnership with the MasterCard Foundation. And I'm your host, Pauline Achanawing.